What's up, everybody? Uh, Thank you again for joining me on my podcast. This episode is going to be kind of me catching up on uh, some of the stuff I've been up to. I haven't made a podcast in about a month. Uh, I've had some different focuses and stuff that I'm going to be sharing with you. Uh, Last podcast that I did, we went to the Detroit Tattoo Expo. Me, my lady, and my son went out there, and uh, I was able to take some seminars and stuff like that. And then after that, I've yet to make an episode. So if you've been wondering kind of why I went off the radar for a little bit, uh, let me just kind of share with you some stuff. After I got home, it was still the beginning of March, and uh, I started focusing a lot on getting a lot of appointments booked under the uh, kind of terms that I have been kind of talking about before where I'm going to be touching kind of less people but bigger projects in the kind of specialty styles that I'm really focused on doing now. I was able to get like a large response and I booked a lot of appointments all the way out. Right now it's uh, May and I'm booking for August. So it's not crazy. I know a lot of people that book out a year or more even, you know, and, uh, but for the area that I'm in, it's kind of uncommon. And so a lot of people aren't really used to it. And now that I'm booked out about three months, it's starting to get to a point where people will still book that far, but, um, I'm becoming even more selective now with the stuff that I'm doing in order to kind of like alleviate the weight for some of the people. And, I was able to up my prices a little bit again. So this is kind of like the benefits of demand is that you only have so much time in life and uh, that's the supply side for a tattoo artist. And that's the most expensive supply we have basically is our time. So if we only want to work so many hours a week, you can only fill those with so many things and it seems to be that you can get paid more for the things you're better at. So it's better just to hyper-focus, in my opinion, in the kind of shop that I'm in. Uh, I work by myself, though, so it's not like it's really an option for everybody if you're working at a walk-in shop and you're paying 50%. It's a little bit different, but sometimes you can get yourself to a point at a shop like that where your value exceeds the value of the shop's value, if that makes any sense. So you're bringing in more people than the shop even is for yourself and you're able to start up in your price and uh, you're booking out further than everybody else then you kind of have strings to pull and if the person doesn't that owns the shop doesn't want to doesn't want to make you feel important or whatever and and uh, make things better for you and make it to where it's worthwhile for you now that you're more valuable than when you came in at then it's time for you to leave and that happens to a lot of artists at a lot of shops and that's pretty normal in, in the industry I think and I don't think it should be really frowned upon when a person is I know sometimes they're called a shop hopper whenever they go to a lot of different shops and I think sometimes it's just a little bit hard to uh, get appreciated if you're a really good employee, you know, uh, if you get fired from a lot of different shops, that's another story probably. So yeah, basically I just got really booked out and, um, only had so much time and started focusing on these other things and it's been really good. Now the last, uh, month or so, um, 
it's it's been just a lot of catch up basically and so there's been sometimes where i'll go a week where i only do a few consultations instead of doing as many as i can in a week or something i'm just doing like a couple just to keep myself as booked out as i am rather than trying to extend it even further uh, because honestly it gets a little bit uh overburdensome I guess or like gives me some kind of anxiety or something having so many projects and people asking me questions about uh whatever it is you know um sometimes it can just be a little bit too much so you kind of have to uh you have to first of all kind of uh, cultivate everybody the right way like when they hear from me in videos or in my posts or they talk to me in a consultation I explain to them the process now well enough to where I don't get as many questions or anything like that and they know my process way better so it's it's not left to a question at all. But on top of just really being uh, basically busy, it, it, uh, it's been kind of a different time for me too I guess, you know, my son just turned uh, two years old in November and then uh, I just turned 28 and so did my lady and I guess and just starting to feel a little older and more responsible about like life in general. Um, I'm now a, a business owner so I'm not just looking to have a spot to tattoo at like I do right now forever I'm just I would also like to turn it into a real working business and a business is something that runs when you're not around too so um, that's something I'm really looking into and I don't know just turning 28 is like just a uh, I feel like I'm enclosing on encroaching on 30 you know and like uh, pretty soon here uh, you know I'm a good uh, 30% of my life is over or whatever. The first third or the first quarter is uh, is is close to being rounded. So now, uh, I don't know. I just want to be put, putting myself in the right place at the right time and have my eyes open for these opportunities that I know are about to come my way because although I'm feeling a lot older than I've ever felt, I'm still pretty young in comparison to where most people start a passion or a career like the way that I've done. I uh, put a major focus on just one thing for so long now, you know, it's not like, uh, it's not, it's different when you started something and you're 22 years old and it's been your dream, you know, and now you're 30 and uh, then, you know, I just deciding now because uh, a lot of people, I think maybe even have an advantage when they're 30 and they decide this is what they want to do. They can get a place a lot quicker, but, um, you know, maybe, I don't know where I was going with that, but in reality, the thing is that when you get a little more mature, I think you put in, you know, the right focuses and the right energies into the right things instead of just uh, being frivolous, kind of, you know, not just with money, but with time and energy and people and like, uh, you know, like when I was young, I used to just want to party and hang out with people and uh, I, I really liked the lifestyle of being a tattoo artist more than I liked being an artist, I guess, in my first five years maybe of tattooing. And I don't think I would blame anyone else for loving that too and enjoying that as much as possible. But at a certain point, I had to really do some introspective thinking and uh, ask myself some major questions 
and I did and I um I made plans, you know, and I wanted some things out of life that I had never had like stability and I wanted a, a place that I could be proud to live in and I wanted uh to work for a business I could be proud to work for and I wanted to make money that uh, was sufficient enough for all the things that me and my family could need, you know. And I didn't um I didn't know that it was going to happen as soon as it happened. And now uh, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of gotten to that point again where I'm having to ask myself the same questions about what do I want in life again. But they're on a whole nother level than before where I just wanted to have enough. And now I have enough, but you, you feel almost ungrateful for wanting more. And uh, I have... I don't know. I just, I am super grateful though for everything, you know? And, but I have this like constant need still to like empty the cup and fill it back up. And I think I just have this weird like feeling that I get of like satisfaction of like starting. Like, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's more fun to start than it is to finish something. So I've gotten these goals. Um, I used to have a piece of paper with everything written on it, how much money I wanted to make a year, what kind of, you know, that I wanted a vehicle that I didn't have to make a payment on, that I wanted a house with three rooms with a yard and for my dog, like I wanted my own uh, business, like I had all these different things. So uh, it's really cool to hit those boxes and check them. But like I said, you always are looking into the future, I think that that's kind of a good attribute, but it can be kind of bittersweet sometimes too. It can lead you down like roads of like depression sometimes and stuff like that whenever you're not uh, reaching the success that you want to reach. Or if you're uh, living in a state of comparison where you're comparing your life or your successes to other people's in which that's like the worst kind of case scenario you can live. Uh, because you're never going to be somebody else. You can't, you didn't start where they started. You start where you started. You have what you have and you can do what you can do. So why live in comparison to anything else? Uh, stop, you know, like there's so many people out there trying to be somebody else or trying to be a different tattoo artist that they look up to trying to be me or trying to be, you know, I've even made the mistake of trying to be somebody else. Uh, you know, an Igor Tato, a Bob Tyrell, until you meet those people and you realize that they are who they are because they are themselves, not because they're trying to, they never tried to be somebody else. So I made a promise to myself here at 28 years old to focus on me being me and not to try to be anybody else and not to seek the acknowledgement or the praise of anybody else. And so you might have noticed that I kind of took a step back from social media here and there but I still keep it rolling enough to uh, keep the business flowing, you know. But now I'm refocused again and I've kind of set out myself a new whole set of goals. And I think that maybe other people can learn from that too. And maybe uh, maybe that's where you're, uh, you're at too right now. I don't know. Like I know there's a lot of people out there in my same shoes and then we don't really talk to each other and shit. So the thing is though... Uh, you know, you, if you're anything like me, then you're really hard on yourself. And uh, when you're not able to spin all the plates you want to, uh, you're, you know, like, you, you really get your ass chapped about it, you know. And uh, 
I just think sometimes if we have like this need for chaos as tattoo artists, you know, but uh, in reality, like if we can just have a little more structure, a little more focus, it goes a million miles for us because in our industry, that's not super common. So the guys that are more structured and the guys that are thinking about uh, a step-by-step plan for their future and not even thinking about other people, those are the guys that are really making it. So I did this little exercise basically to kind of ask myself some of those questions, like what do I really want out of life? And is it, uh, you know, I've become so obsessed about tattooing over over the last eight years of my life that uh, I never really stopped to consider uh, like finality. Is this it for me? Like, am I just gonna tattoo forever? And is that satisfying enough? Um, you know, I've seen a lot of guys quit about 10 years in, they hit that itch. It feels like that's like the time that a lot of people start to, uh, kind of have this moment where they, uh, are tired of it. Basically they get tired of all the shit that goes along with tattooing and you can't blame them, you know, especially if you work in a certain kind of environment or, uh, for a certain kind of shop or something, sometimes it could be really overbearing on you and, uh, I think uh, even if it's not, though, even if you're in the most optimal situation ever, like you can produce tattoos all the time and you can uh, get to the high, the highest level or you can keep working to get to a higher and higher level of skill and everything. But in the long run, um, like for me, at least, I don't know, maybe other people like that was their big goal and they accomplished that. They became that tattoo artist and then that was it for them. But me, it's like I reached that always and I just think like, is that it? You know, so lately, like, you know, as I'm getting a little older, I'm like, what do I really want? Right. So I don't know. I just doing this exercise where and I kind of like just close my eyes and uh, let myself dream a little bit. And I think that's how I originally came up with the, the first dream, you know, and I wanted it to naturally like come to me. And, um, I don't know, I've been following these down following down these little like YouTube rabbit holes and stuff like that. And it's been kind of cool, you know, watching other people get really creative with things that have nothing to do with tattoos or paint or anything like that. Like they're making art out of like metal and wood and I don't know. I just really like like the feel, the look of that, or taking something like from the earth and forming something beautiful out of it like that. So I, don't know, I could really see myself like getting into some other form of art eventually here, like that. And I, I just really like the idea of being able to make something too you could sell from online, you know, so that that way you can kind of make a living off of art still, but like not have to like leave your house or your shop or whatever. And sometimes it that seems like really cool because you wouldn't have to deal with very many people and you could just do a lot of online um, advertising and marketing and branding and stuff like that, which I'm gotten pretty good at over the years. But uh, I just find it really intriguing, really cool that there's like all these different forms of art that I hadn't even really considered before, even glass blowing, like the just weird shit, you know, the obscure art that you wouldn't even really consider art, I guess, until you see how it's made by hand and it's like crafted like so crazy even people that grow marijuana or make beer or um, make a a scotch or liquor you know like uh, moonshine stuff like that is so crafty and cool like i just 
like the idea of making things, I guess. And I realized that tattooing is just a part of that for me. It's just like a part of the scratch of that whole itch of like creation. And like as artists, uh, I think we can encompass more things like that in creating and then that might make our tattoos and our art in other ways better. Like if we just practice other forms, that's something that uh, one of the guys I took a seminar from earlier this year said that he um, started as a painter and just was doing a lot of like abstract and uh, like interpretational uh, impressionism type of art or whatever. And then uh, eventually ended up tattooing for a living. And his art is really different than anybody I've ever seen. And, uh, and that explains why, you know, his influence is really obscure, like kind of art or whatever. So uh, I've seen sculptors and stuff do some really crazy like textures. It's really, you know, like um, Guy Atchison, even he makes like 3D sculptures out of clay and stuff like that for that biomechanicals type of stuff he does. And uh, I think that getting really weird might might even help the other side of things, you know. But so anyways, I want to get into some kind of other art too and, and dabble my fingers into something, make like maybe some cool swords or something sick even. Who knows? We uh, I never did that in high school, but my friends, like, because I always had music class and stuff. And uh, I never really took art class either in high school, but my friends all took metal shop and they would make weapons and it was so cool. You know, I always wanted to do that. And uh, it's just like, fuck it, we're adults, you know, we could do whatever we want now. And sometimes I just hold myself back, you know, because uh, I don't know if I just got every single toy and every single like hobby interest that I wanted to get into, then I would just have a ridiculous garage, I think, right now. So um, I don't know. I, maybe I'm not alone in that. I think it might just be a tattoo artist thing where we all like to kind of like do a lot of different things. So. Like another thing I want to do is uh, like I'm really looking into buying a home out here too. And there's like a really nice area nearby, uh, a couple different lakes uh, where I could buy some property and there's a lot of different, uh, different options for first time buyers and stuff like that in Michigan where it makes it really easy to, to get like a nice property like that and not have to pay an arm and a leg, I guess, forever or whatever, you know? So uh, might be able to get in on some kind of reasonable deal and own some land. And that's amazing to me. You know, I grew up on in a little single wide trailer in the middle of a park full of hundreds of people that were all retired and or people living on fixed income and stuff, you know? So for me to like get out on a piece of land with uh, some property like that, maybe next to a river or a lake and have like a, a house where, you know, my family could come and, and uh, vacation or retire or whatever, you know, and like we all take care of each other and have like a little ranch. That's a dream of mine. And I really want to have like a homestead. I've, I decided that I want to raise some goats or sheep and I want to raise some chickens, stuff like that, you know, and I want to like have my own little piece of land that uh, makes enough prop like it makes enough uh produces enough things to pay for itself basically the, as far as like the mortgage and the land taxes and stuff like that and then i can just uh, tattoo as little or much as i want to and just take on even less projects even bigger stuff even more like uh you know like uh, specific styles of art and stuff that i'm really into and i could spend more time on the other art stuff that i really enjoy and love doing and that's how i started tattooing was because it was all out of passion and joy and love you know it wasn't like something i was doing 
uh, for a living necessarily. You know, it was something I was trying to figure out because I was so obsessed with it. And I think I could get like that again if I just kind of like spark the uh, interest. I think I'm, I am like that, but it's like the I'm, I'm having to take on less stuff in order to ensure that I am like that for those things. Because I used to be like that for everything that I would tattoo, but now I can't just like put myself into certain tattoos like I couldn't. Like I can't do like a huge paragraph like a, and feel as good about it as I would uh, having half sleep black and gray like roses tattoo or something like that you know that i really like doing a landscape or cover-up or something and i guess i just really like the idea of like working in a shop in the back of a cabin in the woods and making carvings or custom knives or fucking tattoo armrests or whatever it is you know like machines i don't know I don't know, really. I just know that it's some kind of addition is going to come in the future. But I know it's going to take some work, and I'm willing to put it in, you know. And that's the thing is I, I know I've already done everything I've done to get to this point. So nothing's going to stop me from doing it all over again on another level completely. And so, yeah, I've already been kind of looking into it, and I'm actually a lot closer than I thought, so... Uh, I just would love to have something nice to pass down to my family for generations on generations, like a piece of land. And, uh, you know, of course, I would never stop tattooing, but. Well, yeah, at this point, uh, you know, like I said, there's like a lot of requests coming in and stuff. And, you know, I have to really think social media and all that stuff for that. And so that's why I haven't totally like disappeared from anything like that. You need social media nowadays in order to really like be a part of the world or whatever. But uh, I've tried to reduce it and just focus on only putting out things that are going to attract more of what I want. So I had to work a long time though, really to like on my local influence and, and on social media over the last few years to get to this point. And I created a lot of content for a solid period of time, and it's really starting to pay off. You know, I was making YouTube videos and doing all kinds of online giveaways and charities and raffles. And I tried to start a tattoo removal business that didn't work out for me. And uh, had a young son, and I'm running a business on my own for the first time in my life in a town, in a state I'm not from. But that's why I put in so much work because I know I have to put a spotlight on myself and the real key in the journey has been staying true to who I am because when a lot of people are asking whether or not they want to work with you because they're always seeing your posts because uh, you're constantly in their face you know uh, you have to realize you only have so much time and so in the interest of time I want to sort of start out by uh, thinning the herd. And uh, the best way you can do that is by simply just being yourself in everything you post. And it sounds super obvious, but when people vibe with your personality and you become a real person to them, they want to work with you because they like you and they like what you're about. And when they meet you, they realize you are who you say you are. And... If they meet you and that ends up being a fake version of you, you might get that one sale, but you'll never get that client's business again because they know you're a fake person or a liar. 
and everyone they talk to about you will know that you aren't who you say you are online. So yeah, there you go, I guess. And that's my biggest tip is uh, what your mom always told you before the school dance. Be yourself and people will love you, honey. <laughs> but it's true, you know, it's so crazy because uh, people, they don't, they can like see right through you, you know, like if you're, if you're out there trying to uh, act like you're God's gift to the world, they know you're not. And they know, they know uh, a, a self-conscious person too, when they see one. So it's imperative to really just like not give a fuck what people think whenever you go into this and you, you're trying to put yourself online for whatever business it, it might be. You can't go into it considering other people's opinions because in the long run uh they're gonna you're gonna prove them wrong either way right so like if you let it uh, negatively affect you it's only gonna hold you back and that sounds like some childhood shit you know like it sounds like uh some obvious ass shit that uh, anybody could say but i find that in life a lot of times the things that i thought were like that ended up being the most true so, uh, you know, just like be good to people, treat people how you want to be treated. All those little basic nuances that every religion teaches and every uh, school teacher teaches, you know, like those are the fucking things that make people, that give people building blocks to build from. It's a foundation, you know, like, and then on top of that, you have to work hard, you know, and you have to keep your eyes open for opportunity because if you're always down on yourself and you're always sad, then you're always going to... Um, you're always going to pass those opportunities up, but they're, they're not going to stop for you while you're saying boo-hoo, you know, somebody else is saying, please me, you know? So uh, that's something that I've had to struggle with in my life and everybody does, you know? And if you think that you're the only one that has anxiety, you're wrong, you know? Maybe you characterize it that way and maybe someone else says they get nervous or maybe someone else thinks uh, they get a pit in their stomach or whatever it is, you know, about a problem but um, we all suffer from anxiety one way or another and it's how you deal with it uh, that how you overcome it you know that makes you who you are so what i'm saying is if you want to get to a point like this too where uh you know you're just doing like the kind of work you want to do and you're getting paid enough money to where you're happy and uh and whatever it is then uh all you have to do is put yourself out there and be yourself. And it's that simple. And don't care about what other people say or do. And don't let somebody else affect you. Don't try to be them. Be you. And if you can be the best version of you all the time and you're just on your shit all the time, like nobody can stop you because nobody's out to stop you. There's nobody in the world that's out to stop you. They're just out to uh, put themselves at the top as well. And some people will step on you to get there, you know? So you have to, you have to be a fighter too. And life is crazy and you're going to get led down some crazy ass roads, but you got this shit. Sometimes I feel like I'm talking to myself on these things. And sometimes I am, and sometimes I'm just kind of speaking to an empty room, I guess, saying shit that I need to hear to myself, and maybe that's healthy, and I really appreciate anybody that spends their time listening to this, because really it's just me kind of like uh, getting it out there, some stuff I've had in my head or whatever, 
and I think a lot by myself because I don't really hang out with anybody. Uh, it's just me. My best friend moved out here, but he lives upstairs and uh, plays video games all day, basically. And then we go to work, and we uh, he's he's in the front, and I'm in the back, and so I really see him like on the weekends, and then my lady every evening, you know. So it's basically just us, and uh, it's kind of cool in a way because like I like the isolation I'm not like a huge fan of people or anything like that but uh (laughs) but I can be too you know but uh in general I guess uh I kind of enjoy it but on the other hand it gets a little lonely at times I guess but uh or I I think about stuff inwardly a lot and then I'm not able to kind of express it and this is like a good uh platform i guess to be able to do that on it's kind of like a audio journal in my that's my way of looking at it basically i'm trying to think is there anything else that i did in the but i did go i did that just got back from uh north carolina i went out there too and uh it's kind of funny. I actually was supposed to go out there and take a seminar from this guy, uh, Dax, that I know. And he was going to do a seminar kind of on uh, running a tattoo business and like his perspective on that and stuff like that. I'm not sure exactly what it was going to be about, but ended up not happening anyway. So, but I had already booked the uh, booth for the North Carolina All-American Tattoo Convention in Fayetteville. And... Um, so I was like, ah, what else can I do? I go and look at other seminars that are available there. Cause I figured I'll just go to it anyways, since I already bought the booth. And, uh, so I booked the Carl Grace seminar. And then when I get there, his fucking brother died, unfortunately, or, or is, uh, was really sick. I'm not sure what happened to him, but he had to leave on the day of the seminar. And so I didn't get to take any seminars out there and that kind of sucked, but it was really cool. Cause it was like the first um, convention that I've been to where I didn't, uh, wasn't working with anybody else. I was just representing myself and my own shop. And that felt really good because I got to do quite a few tattoos too. And a lot of them were in the style that I'm really good at or the style I wanted to do. I even got to do some stuff I drew, um, a couple of years ago too. Like I was really into drawing a lot of Japanese stuff at the time which I'm really still into drawing, honestly. Like, every time I sit down and draw on paper, it ends up being something Japanese, like a koi fish or a dragon head or something like that. So it's always been kind of my favorite thing to draw. I could see myself getting back into that eventually for as far as a style to tattoo because there's not really, like, anybody that's super known for Japanese here either. And that's kind of where I found my niche with... Uh, with uh, cover-ups too, is like there's not a lot of cover-up guys out here. People just deny a lot of cover-ups, so I've, I honed in on that, and I ended up doing a ton of them, and that's kind of become my thing now, and I'm really known for that now. But it was really cool because like the guy next to me on one side was from Idaho, and he had only been tattooing about three years, and I just was like kind of impressed by him, honestly, for a three-year person. Uh, he was a lot further than where I was at three years. And he was already figured out that the best thing to do is special. He specialized in black and gray. And he just was honing it in, you know, little by little. Instead of just, like, kind of being a jack of all trades, he was a master of one. And maybe he's not, like, super, super master yet, but he's fucking getting there. And, like, he's a lot better at a lot of that shit than a lot of other guys in his stage are. Even, you know, like, I mean, I've seen people not 
get smooth black and gray like that for eight nine years so kudos to that dude and then there was a the fucking other shop on the other side uh was from new jersey and they were hella cool too they uh, actually invited me out to a uh guest spot at their spot so you know and you never know maybe i'll end up going out there in new jersey or something maybe i'll do a convention in that area and then guest spot in one of their shops there's another artist too that works at the shop that i apprenticed at in modesto uh she is from new jersey too so i mean it's kind of cool like maybe you know like i don't know like traveling more is part of like this whole next step for me too and like i've been trying to travel more and meet people connect and network with like the best of the best and and really try to put myself on that that level too and like uh hold myself to some higher standards and shit and then there was this other dude named gentle joel uh i think joel from across the the booth and he was hella good too he was just like painting up all this traditional flash the whole time and tattooing it on people and that's just such a good i don't know it's just such a cool trade like i, I just sometimes i just I'm so grateful in those moments where I can sit in a cir- in a big ass thing full of like a room full of like 300 artists like that. And there's so many people, nobody was just like me there. You know, nobody was just like Joel there, like doing, even though there was guys painting flash, none of it was his, you know, uh, nobody was doing black and gray like the dude next to me. You know, there was other people there doing black and gray and maybe some of it is better or worse or different or, or you know, it's all fucking up to opinion really. But maybe, you know, and then the guy next to me was doing a little bit of everything and shit, too, on the other side. So it's like everybody has their different approach on it, you know, like the other people in the other corner were selling like all these oddities and crazy ass shit. You know, some guys like carving uh, walking sticks and selling them and like somebody's like uh, they're they're up there doing like sideshow shit. And there's like, I don't know, there's big shops, little shops from all over the fucking country, you know, we're there and uh it's all these soldiers and shit that are there in Fort Bragg, you know? So there's all infantry dudes and I'm, I'm tattooing people that, uh, parachute riggers and, and, uh, you know, electricians and just infantrymen, shit like that. Just MPs. I don't know. It was really cool experience because, you know, I was in the national guard for a little while and I did uh, funeral services and uh, I felt like, uh, just in, I was the, the last time a lot of people saw the army, you know, like was me and my friends burying their loved one. And so like, uh, I feel like I've been a part of that before. And it was just cool to feel like I was part of that, that like a uh, military family for a second again, like that. It was really nice. If I get a chance to go to that convention again, I'm definitely going to. They also had some fucking bomb ass t- uh, taco truck outside and barbecue, man. That, North Carolina don't mess around with their barbecue. Um, they had some crazy ass uh, pulled pork and brisket and ribs. So I'm definitely going back to that one actually next time I get a chance. Uh, it was only like their third time doing that show, but it was already huge. It was already massive, and I don't even know how they're gonna. I don't know. It seems like uh, seems like they have like an unlimited amount of people to show up to there because of the military uh, base that's on. And then there's a town and it's just like a huge area. It's just perfect for what they're doing. And I'm really happy for them that it's uh, so successful like that. Cause it's actually not very easy to get a really successful convention going, uh, but they're doing it and they don't even have like massive sponsors. I don't think, but, uh, 
but they they had some hitters there they had some fucking good dudes and chicks that were doing some crazy ass tattoos and my next trip is actually home so in uh like two weeks we're gonna go out to uh, Modesto, California, and I got a handful of tattoos to do out there. I've been just fucking dipping and ripping out here, man. I've been doing so many tattoos, uh, a lot of really cool ones, a lot of really nice uh, cover-ups, and I've been getting into some more black and gray, which is cool because all the seminar stuff I've been taking is mostly on like realistic black and gray and stuff, so it's good to be able to put that stuff to use. You know, I really put a lot of time and energy into learning that style. So it's always nice to be able to do that as much as possible. And then the cover-ups, of course, you know, that's always so fulfilling to be able to do for people. But that's been like 90% of my time is tattooing that kind of stuff. And while I'm out in Modesto, I'm going to be tattooing a couple old clients. And then I'm going to tattoo this local, like famous, not famous, but like local musician, I guess, that's like locally famous, you know. And she's like uh, won some Mama Awards, which is like Modesto Area Music Awards. Like, uh, you know, so, so some that's kind of cool, an old popular musician. I used to do open mics and random little spots with uh different musicians out there and stuff and uh, i used to play acoustic guitar and just sing songs it was all like original kind of stuff that i wrote i really am inspired by like uh, city and color and like kind of like 90s or not 90s but like early 2000s pop punk like emo or whatever type of shit i really like that kind of stuff and i used to sing and play a lot back then and open for different people and she used to go to the same uh, open mic night so that'd be kind of cool be able to uh, tattoo somebody that ended up actually making it pretty decently you know makes a living off their music so uh, i always like tattooing people that are entrepreneurs or musicians or people that like are self-made you know uh, like i tattoo a lot of people that own their own businesses and stuff like that i feel like sometimes like i get something out of that too you know whether it's like some inspiration or whatever so i'm tattooing a couple of people like that while i'm out there and uh and my brother and, and that'll be fun you know because i did his first tattoo last year when i was out there i did like a watercolor lion and we're gonna add some stuff for his kids and stuff like that so that would be really neat and uh yeah i'm doing a big cover up and uh, I'm really excited to go and work at Red Dragon again. I, I apprenticed at that shop, and uh, it was uh, quite an experience, you know. Like you, I was already tattooing maybe for like two or three years at that point when I got in there, and, and uh, I took on an apprenticeship from those guys. And uh, Crystal Friday owned the shop at this time, so I'm one of the only people I've ever met that learned how to tattoo from a, a female tattooer. And uh, now it's becoming more and more common to see a lot of females in the industry, especially conventions and stuff like that. And it's actually kind of trendy or just popular just to be a girl tattoo artist. And I always really respected Crystal because she never um, used like the fact that she's a girl to like sell her tattoos or whatever, you know, like she doesn't like post like scantily pictures or whatever. She just like puts her tattoos out there and she's not even really on social media, actually. But she still does it somehow or another, you know, so... Uh, I gotta respect that hustle, you know, they fucking, they, they know what they're doing over there too, and, uh, but yeah, so that, I knew that early on, and I knew if I got in there that I could take something from the, maybe some piece of magic that they held, and I make it my own or whatever, and uh, that's kind of what I tried to do, I got in there, I had already, like, been tattooing two years, I took a step back in order to be their apprentice, I didn't make any money at first, I didn't tattoo, I just swept and mopped and did whatever the fuck they asked me to do. 
And then after like a few months of that, I did my first like audition tattoo basically. And uh, on my lady, it was a little rose and um, it was decent enough. And that got me in on a level of doing walk-ins. And then slowly but surely, I ended up being the front desk uh, artist, like the, or one of the main artists in the, that sat in the front waiting for people and shit. And I was like earning quite a bit of money and shit. So more than I had ever earned in my career, you know, so it was worth taking a step back um, to get two steps forward. And sometimes you got to do that in life, you know, and don't be afraid to do that if, if you need to, you know, you got to really ask yourself those questions sometimes. And uh, sometimes it's not an easy answer, you know, sometimes there's no way through the wall. Sometimes the obstacle is in your way and you can't go through it. You have to go around it under it or over it you have to find a way but i ended up like exiting that shop gracefully uh, a few years after starting there and like a lot of times people leave the shop they apprentice at to spread their wings you know and they want to go and learn from other people and kind of uh, expand their knowledge and you know maybe even bring it back and and end up uh, sharing with the shop even more and so that was kind of my plan just to get out of the nest and, and I was getting kind of cooped up there and cost of living so high in California and shit that I decided I'll give it a try out here where I had a couple of friends move in Mount Pleasant, Michigan and um, check the demographic of this area out. And I just thought, you know, worst case scenario, I tattoo a lot of youngsters, you know, maybe uh, I get good at some small flash or something like that, you know. I didn't, for the life of me, ever really think that I was going to be able to be a specialist artist in the middle of Michigan, you know. So uh, through the power of social media, anything's possible though, like that because you can expose yourself to like thousands and thousands of people for just a few dollars. And uh, there's no other way to really do that if, that I know of. And uh, there never was any other way to do that. And a lot of older generation guys don't understand that. And where I got lucky was that I moved out here and that a lot of people are in their 50s, you know, at least. And they're tattooing and they don't really know a lot about social media or any of this other stuff that goes along, like content creation or any of that. And uh, you just have to be familiar with people, I think, is like a big key. And when people uh, feel a little more comfortable with you, it's a lot easier for them to spend uh, money with you and stuff, too, and trust you on bigger projects, you know, and especially when you're not really even just accepting anything. You're only accepting the stuff you're best at. And uh, they trust you more to like to uh, finance those kind of artistic, you know, endeavors or whatever. Yeah, even after I got here for a little while, I was working at a couple different shops and uh, I went through the ringer, you know, I, I, w I worked at a walk-in shop, I made a lot of money, I pulled the guy in, you know, I I remember I was pulling in a lot of money and I had to give him half of everything I made. And it got to a point where um, the other dude next to me was feeling like everything was unfair because I was finishing you know, the same piece in half the time or I wasn't taking 10 smoke breaks. So it's a big, big factor, you know, but there's a lot of different things to a tattoo. You know, sometimes people are just slower and stuff, but we were getting the paid, the paid the same per hour, you know, and, uh, um, but I was, uh, doing twice as many tattoos a day and stuff. So 
uh, they wanted me to drag ass on these tattoos and, and I didn't want to, I was being efficient, but I wasn't like, uh, rushing anything, you know, and the tattoos were coming out good, but they, you know, like they, they wanted me to make more money off of them, but they didn't want me to charge more money than the guy next to me. So eventually, you know, things didn't fucking work out and I had to go to the next shop out here and I was working in a guy's shop where it was just me and him and, uh, you know, at first there was other people, but everybody basically tried to burn him or like uh, it just didn't work out because they had to move for one reason or another. And so shit happens, you know, but it ended up being me and this dude. And uh, one thing kind of fucking led to another and I ended up being like the only one that was ever there. You know, this guy, uh, he kind of like was really depressed at the time and stuff. And so he would just not show up a lot of times to work. And I was the only one there, like, uh, you know, like every day of the week, basically, sometimes for two or three weeks straight, you wouldn't see him at the shop. And so I was the only one there. Uh, nobody was coming into the shop because of a Google listing, because the address on there showed the wrong place anyways. So the only way people were even coming into that shop were from Facebook. And I would have to directly message them and give them the address and directions you know, like by the roads so that they didn't end up in the wrong fucking place. So it was just a really, really fucking bad situation for me. And I was giving that guy like, uh, I think 30 or 40% of my money too. And, uh, that was hard for me to keep doing because I didn't believe in where I was at or whatever. So that's when I really had to make that jump and, uh, do something for myself instead. Cause I just hit so many hurdles where, Every, where it became a situation that like I expected too much from somebody else maybe or you know like my expectations and their reality were two separate things so I knew I wasn't going to be satisfied or happy until I owned my own business and that's not probably the right move for everybody and it definitely could have been a big failure for me too but you know uh, I got lucky at the right time I met the right people and that's when I connected with my friend Dax McClellan and I learned a lot about uh, social media and online advertising marketing and sponsoring ads and I started getting into Gary V and a lot of these entrepreneurs online that uh, share information about you know, becoming the expert in your field or whatever. And I guess what that is about, that stuff that they talk about, you know, like who you say you are online is who a lot of people think you really are, you know? And so the only uh, missing link there is you have to actually be that person, you know? So um, you either, you either do or you don't, you know? That's the thing. If you got a dream, you got to fucking reach for it. And that was my dream at the time was like, you know what? I'm tired of everybody kind of uh, giving me the shitty end of the stick everywhere I go. And, uh, you know, like, I don't know. I just got to that point where, like, you, you have to be a man about shit and you have to handle your own shit. You can't expect anybody else to hand you anything. Um, if you have to work from the ground up again, which I did, you know, I spent every dollar I had uh, trying to start this shop. And, uh, and I did it, you know, and then I saved up, a, I finally saved up more money I ever saved. And I tried to start a second business, uh, removing tattoos and I failed, you know, and I'm so lucky that this first business, uh, didn't take a topple because of the second one, you know, but, uh, smart enough to get out at the right time and make the right moves at the right time. And, uh, you know, maybe I shot myself in the foot a little bit, but I could still walk, you know, I could still run. So that's what's important is I'm always focusing on the positive 
So I learned a lot of lessons in that. And I know not to rush myself through business anymore. Everybody's always in such a big rush to fucking get to the finish line instead of enjoying the journey along the way, you know? Uh, We all sometimes, like, I think the biggest thing is that comparison thing. That's why, you know, like, we see somebody else that has everything we want and we think they just got it overnight. Well, here's the fucking breaking news. Nobody got any of that shit that you want overnight. Uh, that was a lifelong process, a journey, and anybody who was just given it overnight didn't deserve it and doesn't appreciate it nearly as much as you and probably won't retain it for life. Uh, most of the people that are born into money ruin it, like, you know, eventually for their grandfather's uh, ma- mansion and money and all that shit is gone for the by the time they have great grandkids, you know. Unless you're lucky, you know, and you you instill morals in your family and shit. And that's part of what I'm trying to do along with just like creating a little bit of legacy here is like make my son into a good man, you know, so that when I hand him all this shit that uh, he doesn't just throw it in the garbage and that he doesn't just teach his kids to be fucking garbage too, you know. So uh, I just want way more for my son than I ever got from my own dad, you know, or anybody really um i never was given shit so but i think that that's my biggest strength is that i don't expect anything from anybody i I know i'm gonna have to work hard to get stuff whatever it is i want that's worth having is worth working for but it's always really nice to go back to where you started and be with the people who will humble you and remind you who you are And that's why I love going home because uh, those people are true friends to me and they're always good to me. And uh, every time I go home, they offer me a place to make money and a place to, uh, you know, just kind of like go and nest still. You know, that's still my nest. That's still my home. Still my family. So it's cool. My my real family, you know, is there, my blood and, and uh, the family that adopted me when I was a kid is out there. So I have to go home at least once a year and bring my son and I want him to know those people. And so uh, that's a really important part of the year for me to go home. Usually we're there right now for Mother's Day, but uh, it ended up working out to where we well, we're going a little bit later this year. And then, uh, yeah, I'm just really stoked to do all that. I don't know. I just appreciate you guys listening. And um, I think that's it for my ramble this time. I hope that you got something out of it. Really just trying to kind of like, I guess, use this episode as like a journal entry and catch up on my life a little bit. Maybe I could look back on this one day and uh, be happy about what I'm saying or whatever and uh, watch my own progress. Or, you know, maybe it'll help you make that next step or, or believe in yourself a little bit because. Uh, that's all that really matters who cares what anyone else thinks it's all about what you think about you so get out there and get after it and get what you're what you're meant to have Uh, there's nobody that can hold you back like you and uh, I believe in you if no one else has told you that lately because anything is possible it doesn't matter where you start it matters where you end up (laughs)